I'm okay are, being me. Are we on air? We've been on air for eight minutes. <laughs> Not eight minutes. Yeah, we have. I've been recording this whole time. <laughs> well, just you never know what you're going to catch. I'm going to cut most of this out. That's true. You get it. It's all going to get There cut. wasn't anything good in that one. No, no. Uh, Let's <laughs> just start. Welcome to the Odd Drunk Podcast. Ugh. And we are talking all about future. Future. <laughs> the distant future. The, the year YouTube. 2000. <laughs> My headphones are making weird. Mine are too. Buzzing noises and. That's because it's the future. (laughs) There's buzzing noises everywhere. (laughs) When you talk, everything sounds like this because we're all robots and human beings have been exterminated. Well, I haven't. Neither have I because it's not the future yet. But it will be the future when this episode comes out. It will be. Whoa. (laughs) Whoa. So we're actually talking. We're talking about the future. We're kind of time travelers. We're talking about the future, but we're talking to you from the past. But it's our future. Yeah. Because this episode doesn't come out. You are in our future. But that's your... To the listener, that's your present. But if you listen to that... No, it's always going to be your present. But it can be your past as well. But it's our future. Yeah. It's our future. It's our present and our future at once. I'm I'm confused. (laughs) It's... Don't worry about it. Uh, it's time travel. It doesn't have to make sense. Ugh. It's been a long week. It, yeah, it has. It has. Uh, so we're, this is going to be an episode where we, we, we really just wing it. Uh, we do that in a lot of episodes, though. We are not winging it here. We are talking about the future. <laughs> um, why don't you roll that intro? That's a good idea. It's the Odd Drunk Podcast, a very strange podcast, the drunkest show in the world. It's Jackson and Colton talking out of their ass. We don't care as long as drinks are poor. Sometimes we have our friends here. We will talk about anything. Anything. We don't care as long as we have beer. And if you let that whiskey ring. The Odd Drunk Podcast! And we are back. Yeah, I hope you liked that. <laughs> now, to set the mood. When, when you go onto Google and uh, search the future, <laughs> nothing else, just the future, there's a lot of God images. Like Lovecraftian god images or like no, normal? No, like praying. <laughs> like Christian god images. And that, I don't like that. <laughs> well, isn't God... Or no, angels in the Bible is just like rings within rings? Uh, yes and no. Uh, that, that's one description of them. There's a lot of different ways angels are described in the Bible. Uh, and if you get into like angelology and all that, all that shit. Uh, angelology? Yeah, like demonology and angel. Okay, here's some drawings. 
There's a lot of depictions, but here's like the popular one that people like to look at. It's very Lovecraftian and it's horrible. And that's oh, yeah. what I have to oh, say, yeah. do not fear. Yeah, I've seen that image and uh, when you so yeah, when you angelology and like the hierarchy of angels and all that sort of stuff when you get into that that crap uh the one the image you pulled up is like one type of angel. Right. I think something like that. Um, anyways, we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about the future. The future. And what the I want you to 2000. do. The year 2000. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow, that was 21 years ago. No, it wasn't. That's, what an era. It's still in the future. <laughs> well, maybe the time, maybe the there's an apocalypse and the timeline resets. Or, or we reinvent the calendar in like five years, and then in five years, it's actually going to be like 1980. So we're going to be in the 80s again. Yeah. So we go back 40 <laughs> years. Yeah. They're going to reset the, they're going to like redo the calendar or something, and it's going to be, they're going to decide it's 1980 now. And I heard, don't we actually do need to redo the calendar at a certain point? Like, because of leap years, it's going to get so far. Yeah, but that's that's a long ways off. We've gotten the calendar pretty good right now. Uh, at some point, yes. So, history of the calendar. Didn't they lose like a couple hundred years? Yeah, uh, uh, just a, <laughs> just a couple hundred. Um, so, well, actually, not even not even a couple hundred, just like a few years, actually. So, so history of the calendar. I don't remember how many years it was. Uh, the history of the calendar. So. Uh, goes all the way back to the, the Roman days. And the Romans used a lunar calendar before Julius Caesar came around. Okay, eight years were lost in translation when the switch to the Gregorian calendar was made in the 15th century. Yeah, yeah. So, so just to explain the history of the calendar there. So back in the Roman times before Julius Caesar, uh, the Romans used a lunar calendar. And uh, I don't remember the, exactly the calendar system, but it was in something like... Uh, there were a certain number of days in the year that they had to manually just add into the calendar to keep it on track. Right, yeah. And they appointed someone to do that. Now, a kind of separate story is that person was Julius Caesar. His job before well, before he gained a bunch of power was the, the guy that added the days to the calendar. And there's a great point where during the Roman Civil War... Um, he needed to cross the uh, from Italy over to Greece across the uh, Mediterranean there and uh, there was a blockade that one of his rivals had put up but because Julius Caesar he was doing military camps and campaigns and stuff he had not been adding days to the calendar <laughs> so the uh, military commander thinking it was like December or January hold all his ships into into port because like he's like you can't have your ships out in the winter it was actually like april <laughs> oh wow and julius caesar knew this so he used <laughs> that as so julius caesar with borrowing stuff from the egyptians when he was over there mm -hmm. uh created the julian calendar which is very similar to the gregorian calendar what we use now yeah it went for a long time we used that for a long time until like I don't know what, what fourteen hundred something like that. Uh, yeah, our um, our <laughs> they, days, our they, calendar is pretty interesting because um, a few of the days are uh, uh, Norway, uh, not uh, Norse based. 
Yeah. Um, Wednesday, that's Odin's Day. Thursday's Thor's Day. Friday is Frigga Day. Frigga's Day. Saturday, Saturday, that's Saturn's Day. That's Roman. Uh, and Tuesday is Tears Day, the Norse god of war. Yeah. Uh, yes and no. So the all of all seven days of the week come from the Roman calendar. They just very coincidentally match up with some Norse ones. Right. Yeah. We didn't get them from the Norse. Oh, okay. No. We, but they adopted some. Uh, 1582 is when we got the Gregorian calendar. That's when we um, was made. And the, the reason they had to do that is because Ju- Julius Caesar, he got the calendar pretty good. So, you know, with the leap years and all this sort of stuff. But, like, so basically it was the reason he put in the leap years is because, like, a, a, you know, because of 365 days or 366 or so a year is actually, like, 300 and... 65 and he thought and a quarter day but it's not actually exactly that no it's very close but not quite yeah so over the next 1500 years they lost like eight years yeah (laughs) um and the gregorian calendar corrected that and did a much better job it's still not absolutely perfect but it's did you know if you travel to ethiopia you're time traveling really explain (laughs) an ethiopian year is comprised of 13 months it's okay. it's seven years behind the Gregorian calendar, our calendar. <laughs> Ethiopians celebrated. So, so they they just still run off of their own calendar. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. That's Ethiopian cool. celebrated the new millennium on September 11th, 2007. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So they're seven years behind. So if you go to Ethiopia, according to their calendar, it's like 2014. Wow. What a year, by the what way. A year. <laughs> I, I was still in high school. Yeah, I don't remember much of that year. Uh, Thor the Dark World came out. <laughs> I didn't remember that. Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, Captain America and Winter Soldier. That's a good one. Didn't Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1 come out that, that year? That did too, too yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it was a good year for movies, kind of. Yeah, it was either Marvel that. Movies. I think that was the year I was in. I went to Italy and Spain. I think. Oh, lucky you. Nice. Um, (laughs) So, so that's the calendar. The calendar, basically. That that's what are we? What the what the fuck are we doing, Jackson? We're talking about the past. We're talking about the past. We're supposed to be talking about the future. (laughs) Yeah, the future. It's what you do when you. When you say to a, a history major, hey, let's talk about the future. Well, before we talk about the future, let's just talk about what we've experienced in our lifetimes. Including one of these things we've experienced in our lifetimes is what we're drinking right now. Um, <laughs> Technically, yes. Very that recently. Smooth. That was a smooth transition. That there. was. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, we, we don't have very much exciting stuff. We've got some rum, some juice. We've also got uh, from Rogue Brewing. We've not tried this until today. This is a, this this reminds me of a certain cryptid we've talked about before. Yeah, I think it's from the same like series. It's like they're they're trying to do like the bat squatch thing again. Uh, oh, this, this is, one looks like a Loch Ness monster. Yeah, yeah. So this is a colossal clod. It's a Imperial IPA from Rogue Brewing. Oh, let me read it. It's been a few decades since the colossal clod sighting has been reported. But we're fairly certain a massive sea monster has been laying low off the coast of its favorite brewery. 
where it has hit after years of terrifying sailors and feasting on salmon, he acquired a taste for hops. <laughs> so we brewed this imperial IPA with a colossal dose of Cascade, Chinook, Citra, and Strata hops in hope of coaxing Claude out to join us for a pint. So, <laughs> according to Rogue Brewing, it's a sea monster that loves hoppy beers, that loves IPAs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess uh, I'm just reading online right now. It's based off of uh, a mythical creature in Oregon. Um, yeah. But it's not super well known because when you look up Colossal Claude, about 9 out of 10 of the results are about the beer. Yeah, it's a local monster. Yeah. 8.2% cool, alcohol by volume. Oh, yeah, the cryptid wiki. Here we go. That's pretty good. We're not doing another cryptids episode, but a sequel? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, we'll it's, do a, it's a Columbia River. Yeah. In Oregon. Yeah, we'll do another cryptids Oregon, episode, but Oregon, we're not Washington. doing that today or tonight or next week. Yeah. We're, we're talking about the future. Future, and I hope that futuristic music is already there. Yeah, we're we're, we're we haven't done any, if not there right we now. We haven't done background stuff in a while, but we're we're throwing it in. Well, this, this well, I remember you forgot to put in the creepy background music for the SCP one, but I didn't say anything because I didn't feel like it. Oh yeah, but I was like, oh, he forgot. I, I can go back and put it. In. You could, but you would have to <laughs> delete that up. No, you would have to re-upload it. I would right? just have to re-upload it. Yeah, I don't want to lose those precious downloads. So they can deal without <laughs> the music. They'll be okay. They'll be you okay. know, I think we make that episode creepy enough by ourselves. Yeah. Well, we if make you it. Want to make it even <laughs> creepier? Slow it down to about you know a half, half, <laughs> half speed. No, that would just make it drunker. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It makes. Oh, that's pretty creepy. Some drunk guys. Yeah, that can be. Um, that's real life creepy. So I want to talk about so. How much technolo- technology has progressed since we've been, since we were kids, essentially, since we've been around? Yeah, it's actually pretty crazy. Um, we're in the we're in the fastest pro- like we're millennials. Technologically, right? this this period of time is the the fastest uh, progressing out of any time in history. And yeah, definitely. Um, we definitely grew into the internet. And you could argue we grew up with the internet. Oh no, we so we, we grew up with the internet, but also I just remember But not when the internet took over. Like yeah. when it was everything. I grew up with, I grew up with the internet, but I also remember when I was a kid, it was still the time where you didn't have internet. When you would play available. outside and you get dirty you, and Yeah, you didn't have the internet sticks. available like absolutely at all times. It was like It I was still dial up when we were babe when we were I, little. I had to use the internet at the computer lab at school. That's right, but I like when we were time. born, it was dial-up. Yeah, Gen Gen Z or Zoomers, I guess. Don't want to yeah. be offensive. Yeah, but you guys have always lived with the internet. You've been born with an iPad in your hand. I think it's really interesting watching kids. Uh, you know, sometimes the kids that have lived, they have not known the time before the internet. Yeah, I think it's really interesting. You can see differences in technology and how it's advanced. By looking at kids and, you know, uh, the way they interact with old technology. Right. Uh, I think I've seen I've seen kids assume screens were touch screens. 
Exactly. You no, know, <laughs> yeah. Like, because that's all, that's all they've, no, been, uh, they've uh, grown up with. Um, <laughs> I think what's really crazy is that when we were kids, we had PS ones, Game Cubes, Nintendo sixty fours. You know, I just had a Game Boy. Game Boys. And one yeah. of those Atari knockoffs. Flash games. Yeah. But <laughs> just think about how much games have progressed since oh, we were yeah. born. It's insane. Yeah. Uh, Hell, even in the last 10 years, games are mild. I mean, leaps ahead of what they used to be graphically, gameplay-wise, loading-wise. It's insane. I remember sitting playing Crash Bandicoot like the first couple ones especially second one I played that one a lot yeah and just watching the loading screen and it didn't bother me because that's what I was used to yeah, you watch the loading screen it's also you get it's, a sandwich it's also you know. fun going back and playing old games and, and you see uh, you know graphics how graphics have uh, improved oh it's insane uh, one game I played a little I didn't play it a ton as a kid but I have fond memories of playing it the little bit I did was uh, Morrowind oh uh, yeah um, and I thought that looked pretty cool as a kid oh I thought every game looked cool <laughs> as a kid and, and I, I, <laughs> I thought the first Pro Skater was amazing yeah Pro Skater I mean you compare the original Pro <laughs> Skater to the remake oh it's um, not and, even and I guess I guess uh, I do still think Morrowind looks pretty cool but in a very different way well, it's like a nostalgic retro way. Yeah, it's it's got a charm to it and all that. Well, like the original yeah, Doom, the first couple Dooms. Yeah, I still love them, and I I'm not one of those people. And it's and there's especially Zoomers, <laughs> growing up with amazing game graphics all the time. When they go back and play old games, they're like, oh, these graphics suck. It's like I don't care about the graphics really, but I do appreciate them, and it is crazy how far some, we've come. Some games, old games, the graphics have held up and. I mean, I don't know. I've just yeah. go, I've gone back recently and played a lot of old games. Um, some of them not that old, but old enough to be considered old. Um, and what I've realized is the diff- What makes me enjoy an old game is not. Well, what, what makes me enjoy a game is not the graphics. That's just a cherry on top. No, it's the gameplay. It's the, it's it's the, the game design. The game, yeah, the gameplay loop, the story, yeah, the mechanics. Um, I, I've I've played old games. I will say the load time does take play a part in it for me now. It can be annoying sometimes. But with, um, with modern softwares, if it's a game that's optimized for the uh, OS you're on, yeah, it can that helps. Oh yeah. But you take some games like um, if you try to play um, Daggerfall, Elder Scrolls Daggerfall, if you unless you're playing the Unity. Uh, remake. Yeah, the, the remake loads fast. That's a fantastic version, but um, yeah, I love it. If Daggerfall is one where load screens and stuff like that, it just doesn't run well on um, on anything on, like Windows. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it came out on on DOS. <laughs> yeah. Um, if you if you went and tried to play like a non-official port of Doom, dude, I remember <laughs> my watching when I was real little. I have some memories of this when my uncle would play dial-up Diablo. <laughs> and Doom. See, I didn't get into multiplayer games until it was more convenient, until like the Xbox 360. Before that, I did. <laughs> I was all single player games. Game no, yeah. PC. I played a lot of Flash games, but um, 
this isn't a game episode, but it is just such a great example of how far te- technology's come. Um, just compare Red Dead Redemption 2 to the Red Dead Red- 1. Graphics-wise, loading yeah. time-wise, gameplay-wise. Eight-year difference Leaps there. and bounds. Insane. I, That's I, only eight years, though. I thought that Red Dead 1 still looked really good. No, it still holds well, up, but it looks like it's brown. I thought and it's, that's a symptom I thought of a lot of those still games. Looked really good until Red Dead Two came out. No, exactly. and then I was like, actually, no, it doesn't look that. We've I talked mean, about. I mean, it looks good enough. We've to talked play. about this before, but a lot of those games from like the mid two thousands to early twenty tens, they're all brown. Yeah, they all have like, like a brown filter. From like two thousand seven to like two thousand ten. Yeah, through through two thousand ten, it was like games like to be brown. I think. Resident Evil 4 really kicked that off. I think so. I think that's exactly what kicked it off. That whole game is brown. Yeah. I can't wait for the remake. They are doing If I had to describe Resident Evil 4 to someone who's never heard of it, I would just say brown. (laughs) And Fallout New Vegas, too, which I still love. Yeah. It's a very brown game. Brown game with a slightly orangish tinge to it. Uh, Well, I I mean, hey, uh, give credit to where credit is due. Fallout 3 came out during this era. Era, That game's green. That whole game is green. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not any better. It's like barf green, though. Yeah, it's not any better, but it's not brown, at least. <laughs> it's green. <laughs> but it's just crazy. And now we're in this era where games just look like... Well, how do I explain this? I Pretty know- much every game, unless it's supposed to be stylized... It has a full color palette. It looks like what you would expect from a game now. Like it has good graphics. It's I let's put this put it this way. Red Dead Two, for example, is a game, and some modern games are like this. I will go and play Red Dead Two and just wander around taking screenshots. Oh yeah. And looking at the game. And I've been playing that game recently, it's kind um, of it. I don't and do we that. Did a whole, and by the way, wait. We did the whole episode on Red Dead 2. Check that out. Yeah, absolutely. It's like episode 30-something, but yeah, check it out. Um, but We'll be doing another one of those one uh, thing I will say, video games Here's one thing soon. I will say about that game. Oh, yeah, expect another remembering video game one. But here's something about Red Dead 2 that I failed to mention, and it's something that I've always noticed, but it hasn't bothered me. It is a little bit stylized. Red Dead 2? Yeah. I, you know, yeah, it's it a, basically you have a very realistic, like, base for the game, graphics, but then there's like this kind of faded filter. I don't know if it's a filter. It's not quite a filter, but it looks um, faded. So, so it looks here's it here's, looks like the old west. Here's the best way I can uh, I can I can describe it because I've 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 thought about this a lot. Take a screenshot of Red Dead 2, just of the scenery, and what does it look like? It doesn't look like real life. It looks like a painting. With the way the clouds are done and the way they've designed the world, it looks like a Bob Ross painting. Kind of. You know, I see what you mean. They, they have this weird, like, stylized I work. think it is a filter or something going on. Because it does have times, a realistic look to it. Like, all the textures, the at lighting. At times, there definitely does seem to... But there's something about... I think it's a filter not to uh, 
not just to the whole world, but this I, that they've put things into the screen or the way they manipulate the light in it to make it seem like dirty. Yeah, it's dirty. Well, but and that makes because, sense because I mean, I mean, say <laughs> dirt so, roads everywhere. I don't you know, know about you. you. Dirt I, blowing around. I know about. I don't know about you. I don't fog. Play in, I don't play in first person very much in that game. Yeah. Um. But it's so if you sometimes if, if I want to be really immersive. If you're playing in third person, um, how do you make it feel like you're actually in the mud? If you're hovering above the guy. You put like mud splatter. Yeah, you on put the filters camera. on you the screen like, to add to well, it. Well, like, oh, if you're like in the swamp the in the bayou, yeah, it looks like thick. Yeah, like it air, feels like, like a... you're in <laughs> yeah. there. And yeah. that, I mean, I think that's a really, it was really smart. They they really make you feel even. And then when like you go to the third person, when you go to the snowy regions up north, it has this kind of crisp like bright filter going on. Yeah. It seems it, to change depending on which region you are. Yeah, Maybe that's but, just me. But I think that's going into like the idea that it kind of looks like a painting because like if say you were to make a painting of a snowy region, you'd use certain colors that would sell the cold. I think it's effect. the no, I think it's the, it's not the textures or anything that makes it look like a painting. It's the lighting, it's the colors, it's lighting the filter. And colors and the filters. Yeah. Um, there is some texture stuff they do that makes it look like that, especially off in the distance. No, like when, off in the di- like in the background. Yeah, when it doesn't ren- when it's when not it's, rendered fully or like. Yeah, they they've stylized that in a way where it looks like that. The clouds don't look. The sky doesn't look real. Well, <laughs> at all, it looks like a like. We're a gonna stop talking about Red Dead Two, but yeah, it's roman- It's a romanticized West. Yeah. When you're up at close, like when you're in the woods, like up close, looking at the trees, it looks realistic. Yeah. When you're like in a shop, it looks realistic in like first person or like just in close quarter situations but yeah when you look off in the distance it does have that kind of picturesque it's like the, the way they've done filter. the colors is do you ever ever have a moment wherever you are out in the woods out downtown at night with all the lights on where you stop and you look around you and it seems magical no, there's moments like that in real life and, where and it happens every once in a while. Most of the time it like, doesn't happen, but every once in a while, everything, see, the lighting, the colors around you, everything is just like right. when I went up to tell you right again. Like when I was looking up at the mountains, it almost looked fake, you know, because it's so big. It's so yeah, and it's just like you have a moment. Or like the, when we uh, saw the Grand Canyon, that looked fake. Yeah, <laughs> and it's just like, but it's like you have a moment, whether it's the act, your actual surroundings, or the way the colors and the lights have interacted the time of day the weather where you have a moment where everything just seems really nice yeah um you know you you can think back you have memories probably i have memories of um going down to downtown claremont and they had during christmas time and they have the lights there and it was it just seemed right and i think that's what rockstar was playing at is that every moment in red dead 2 has that feeling Right, but we're not talking about yeah. that anymore. Yeah, I'm just going to title this episode like Future and Stuff. <laughs> and Stuff. Because we're um, getting side 10. Well, okay, here we go. A lot. Uh, Imagine how much we. It's crazy how much we progressed since like the 50s. Yeah. Oh. Oh, it's amazing. Like the first IBM computers were the size of this apartment. I think this is the first. Like I think this is one of the first times in the history where you have so many older people just completely confused by new technology. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> if you went back a hundred years, yeah, old people might have been like, "Oh, you know, this is 
crazy how technology has advanced, but they wouldn't be confused by it, I think, as much. Wait, what do you mean? Well, you know, like, old people are confused by computers and shit. Yeah. But that's because technology has advanced so much in their and lifetime. so fast. And so quickly that they've not been able to keep up. Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> you have... <laughs> computers used to take up a warehouse, and now you have a greater size hard drive in your phone. I saw a post online of this person. So this isn't my experience. I saw it online. Uh, uh, they had a floppy disk. <laughs> and this kid, like a 10-year-old kid, was like, oh, that's cool. You 3D printed the save icon. That's like one of those exactly. moments where you're, you're just like, I don't know what to say to that. Um, <laughs> 3D printing. That's something we can talk about. Wow. 3D printing is so cool. They've gotten to the point in the medical field where they can actually 3D print organs. That's insane. They could take... I actually didn't know that, yeah. No, yeah. They can essentially 3D print a human heart. Whoa. Yeah. Um, That's wild. I mean, just the idea of 3D printing. I mean, I... 3D just, printing is also I remember when new. 3D printing came out. At it wasn't at, too long ago when become, it was like becoming a thing. At least became like a public thing. Yeah, a public thing. Yeah, I'm sure they had been developing for longer than that. Well, I remember one time we looked out that screens are actually been around since the late 60s. Yeah, but I mean like... I, this wasn't public. You know, the first time I remember 3D printing being like... Like available in the public market type of thing. Yeah. And Consumer like, market. Um, it's like when I was in high school. Yeah, not that long That's ago. not that long Not ago. at all. You know? No, but the whole idea, just the idea that I could, if I get the right, you know, like schematics or whatever, I could print out a coffee cup. Just that alone blows my mind. And, and there's also... Probably doesn't... Zoomers probably don't think anything of it. Yeah. But for me, that's crazy. That's absolutely insane. I mean, also, <laughs> also one thing I think is cool about where they're going with 3D market or with 3D printing in the future is... Um, they're being you can you they're gonna be able to get to the point where they can 3D print with more materials. No, yeah, multiple materials rather than just that 3D printed plastic stuff. Yeah, they're they're developing ways to use different types of well, materials. Well, like I said, they so can so like you can make a coffee cup and it's safe to drink from. Like I said, they can 3D print organs, yeah. tissue. That's wild. Um, could they 3D print a beer? At some point, like the do liquid. You, do you think at some point in the future they like could synthetic beer? They could three D print beer. You type in the code for. Maybe I don't know. I I would try it in the far um, future. But what I do think is going to happen. Okay, we know cyberpunk. Do I think it's going to be exactly like that? No, I hope it's not. Because we'll live in a buggy universe. <laughs> but, but what I do think is plausible. Now, okay, I just want to preface this by we have no idea what the future is going to be. There could be a technology. No, of that, not. There could be a technology <laughs> comes out that has, we have no idea about. Just something brand new that has no relation to anything. We don't know. You know, yeah. but what I think is going to happen based off of what is already happening. So we got smartwatches, we got phones with us all the time. So we got the Google glasses, all that stuff. 
Oh, we'll get to the Google Glasses in a minute because there's something cool about that that I was reading about oh, recently yeah? that I want to talk about. But I think it is going to get to the point. I forgot about it until you mentioned that. <laughs> I think it's going to get to the point. And <laughs> this is kind of a scary future. But just hear my theory. When you're born, every baby's going to have a computer trip put into their brain. It's not un- It's not unthinkable. Everyone is going to be on the internet all the time. Yeah. You're... Basically, technology is going to be integrated with us. That's what I think is going to happen. Yeah, so the thing with the cyberpunk idea is, I mean, not saying that cyberpunk, how it's depicted... No, not it's exactly. Realistic, like, yeah, but it, the general ideas of integrating technology with it, humans. Yeah, inter- integrating technology with ourselves. That is, I think, because people are wearing computers on them, like smartwatches. You have your phone with you all the time. Like, it's gonna get to the point where it's gonna be built into you, yeah. and it, it could be something as simple as. And this was actually it turned out to be a scam, and they did it with CGI. I forgot it was what it was called. But they had this thing where it was like a hologram that went onto your arm and it was like a touch hologram. Oh, yeah. Um, I do think something like that's going to happen. Um, I mean, it's something like, and I mean, I think it's going that way because there's a lot of people like me, for example, where you take something like the smartwatch. I'm not super into the idea of the smartwatch. And it's because, it's not because I don't think it's cool. I think it's very cool. It's because I have the phone in my pocket Right. I don't feel like... I have I'm, one, though. It's nice. I, most people I, that I know who have one say they're very nice to have. But I'm like, I have the phone in my pocket. Why would I spend money to have a phone on my wrist that doesn't do all the same things as my phone? But, I mean, eventually they're going to get to the point where smart watches can do literally everything your phone can do. And you don't need the phone. Yeah. You just have the watch. And then... And then they're going to get to the point where it's going to just be on your... Like, your wrist will be... Yeah. You know, and well, something that is happening, and I think will be a, a norm, is like bionic eyes, mm-hmm. where basically you don't need a phone, you didn't, you don't need a watch, you don't need anything. Internet's built into you, right? You can just, <laughs> you can look at something, you can see what it is, it will tell you. You can look it up on Google or whatever. Yeah. And like you could zoom in. Like we won't have problems with vision at that point. That um. Bionic eyes, heads-up displays. Yeah. Um, so, like, I mean, going back to the Google Glass. So, the Google Glass actually did just this last year, like 2020, uh, the Google Glass was officially put out of production. Right. That might come to a surprise to a lot of people because they thought it was already out of production. <laughs> <laughs> um, apparently, the Google Glass had been very while it sucked in the consumer market, it became very a very useful tool in like uh, the private market with uh, contractors and stuff. Right. Um, because having, being able to have a heads up display while you're working on stuff on a table can be very yeah. useful. Yeah. So, um, but, um, so, but one of the, one of the reasons why it failed in the consumer market is because it looks stupid and the Google glass, the way it works, it projects onto the actual, on the, the lens of the glass. Um, so everyone can see when you're using it. Yeah. If they have good enough vision, they don't need glasses. They might be able to see what you're doing with it. <laughs> so they, there's companies that have been developing glasses that they look like normal reading glasses. They're a little thicker on the uh, parts that go around your ear. That what they do 
is they actually project onto your retina. So that way you can have a, a pair of glasses that looks like a normal pair of reading glasses that nobody can tell when you're using it. I feel like that would be bad for your eyes. I'm sure that's a kink they have to work out. But yeah. it got to the point where they were selling it to the public. Oh, wow. Um, and then, like, uh, some big company like Google or something bought them out, and now they're going to be... So that you can't buy that glasses anymore. No, oh, I see. They're working on new products now. Um, but it just got me thinking, because uh, the... The way they had it, the way they were talking about it, how they use it, it's very limited in its use right now. You know, you can have your time on the display on your eye. You can have when you get a text message or an email that can pop up. Um, you can have a very basic GPS directions, and they That's had it. Cool. They had it integrated with Alexa. So nice. you, some people with like really rich house, like really rich people have houses where they have where smart home. You they know, have smart so. home, so they have it like it can be like. You can have it on your wearing the glasses, and as you're on the bus going home or driving home, you can be like, "Turn on the fireplace." Yeah, and it turns on the fireplace because it's oh, right there's there. people that have that. It's right there in your eye, and and you can just do that. And it got me thinking too. I'll tell you the something. Potential. The, it got me thinking of the potential of like that type of technology, having a heads-up display on your eye, like a contact. Maybe. Yeah, and contact or however they do it, bionic eyes even. Um, in the far future. Um, well, I, have so, I have some news. Okay. So I'm on this website, uh, sciencefocus.com. Uh, it's 25 ideas about to change our world. But here's the first one. So bionic eyes. Yeah. So apparently in January this year, 2021, Israeli surgeons implanted the world's first artificial cornea into Bilaterally blind 78 year old man. Whoa. Did it when work? It, when it, <laughs> this is what it says. When his bandages were removed, the patient could read and recognize family members immediately. The implant also fuses naturally to human tissue without the recipient's body rejecting it. My God, we are going cyberpunk shit here. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's what that's, it's, I mean, that's so cool. That is really cool. Now, um, I think it's going to be something. At least for a while, it's going to be only available to the extremely rich. Extremely rich, and it's still experimental. Yeah, it's still experimental. Um, um, but we're going but that I, direction. Here's something I think, and this is something that is going to happen, I for sure. Um, so you have the whole idea of self-driving cars or driving-assisted cars. Yeah. Assisted driving. I think we, yeah, we are going that way. I mean, they have self-driving cars. They have their kinks right now. It's still not ready to go. Yeah, I wouldn't. And trust I would not yet. trust it yet. Um, but a assisted driving car, a vehicle, I could get behind that. Yeah, and they're they're working like on saying that technology you're, right now. you know, it's the whole, it's an extension of cruise control essentially. Say if you're on a highway on a big road trip, you got a hundred miles cruise of control, but it knows to slow down and speed up for you. Well, my grandpa has an Acura that will actually slow down. Like if you get up onto a car, oh, it'll that is slow so down. Cool. It'll like put the brakes for see, you. See, that's a good example. Of, I didn't know that was a thing. I thought that was a future. No, thing. No, it is a thing. It's a now thing. Yeah. Wow. Um, <laughs> but something as simple as like you can put it on cruise control, but it also keeps you in that lane and you're driving a straight line. Like I would trust yeah. that. One thing that got me thinking is uh, so when I was and I, I would still for me I would still keep my hand on the steering wheel for the most part. But like yeah. imagine if you were on a big road trip, 
Especially if you're like by yourself, which would be sad, but like <laughs> you can let go of the steering you wheel. You can let for go of the steering moment. wheel. You, it would open, work. You can trust it. Snack. Go get some snacks. Go yeah. get uh whatever. Or <laughs> take a nap for an hour. Well, I don't know if I, I don't trust know it if either. I would trust it yet enough to do that. But, <laughs> but, but being able to, to be able to do stuff, an ability to like I could take my hand off the wheel and the, it'll keep the car straight. Or you could get just, to the point where you could get just, on your phone for a little bit, you just know? for like the long enough it takes for me to pull out my snack and open and it, it just up keeps and the car in the lane. You know? Quick, so you know, that would be cool, and that's something that's already happening. I mean. The, the way they're going with cars, and this ties in, I guess, to what I was reading about the glasses and what got me thinking. No, yeah. here's so, a, I think I'm on the same page as you. Having a HUD on your windshield. So, yeah. like, it can show you your GPS. It can show you temperature, miles, whatever. That's ex- Yeah, exactly. It yeah. can, like, in real time... Like say you're using the GPS. Yeah, and you, you have, have like it. the arrow on the road or something like. You know? Yeah, ex- exactly. And and so they could tell you you like what road you're on. You know, like if you that. yeah, if you had the thing on your eye, you could have that where it projects things onto the road. Well, you world. could do it on and, your eye, but if you don't see, want it on your eyes, you could just have it on your car windshield. Yeah, like your and, heads up display. And see, here's the cool thing that so the the, the company that was doing the glasses. I like this beer. This is a very good beer. It kind of reminds me of Modus Hopperandi a little bit. Not quite as hoppy. Not quite as hoppy. It's very smooth. Um, we recommend it. Uh, Colossal Claw by Rogue Brewing. Honestly, Rogue Brewing. I mean, I would recommend them. All their stuff's really whole. good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but no, this this company, one of the guys that worked with this company, he was talking about some of the stuff they were thinking about and trying to work on, but hadn't, like, they're not there yet. And right. The, and the thing he thought that he said that I, intrigued me was the idea of incorporating AI into the glasses. So, AI is a whole other thing. And and it, and that doesn't necessarily mean like Jarvis type of AI. No, but no. But like no. AI that like as you're say so you have the heads up display on your eye or on your car or whatever. It could be on your screen, it doesn't have to be in the glasses. Um so say you have the heads up display in your eye and you're walking down the street, the AI could detect, you know, you with, with the AI technology could detect where you are in the world in real time and like display stuff like you know, you won't. You'll never have to look at a street sign again, because the AI will display the name of the street on the road. Where no, you're I. Walking. I see something because, because the AI. I see that in ten years. Yeah, or be, less. because the AI can in real time detect what's going on and adapt and Why display. Don't I, I don't necessarily vision think you can, what it needs to. I don't necessarily think you need an AI for that. You would need some type of AI. Not, not. It wouldn't have to be like, again. It wouldn't have to be like a self intel, like a like a Jarvis AI that can or Alexa. But you well, need. Well, if your heads up display was just hooked up to the GPS, because like a GPS will tell you but, what road you're on. But it's not just that. But like an AI, I'm talking about like to be able to do something like display in real time on the actual world. Oh, I see. So you like augmented ne- reality. You would need an AI that's at least advanced enough to be able to de- to detect and recognize what's going on in your surroundings in real time and that takes an ai doesn't have to be like well yeah imagine okay let's when, imagine when, when people think ai they think like jarvis they think you know how <laughs> terminator how 2000 how, yeah yeah they they think these like super intelligent which do robotic i beings. do i think it could get there potentially maybe not in the near future yeah but it could maybe yeah but ai can also mean like a computer system that can in real time detect things that going on in real life. Well, let's say that's an artificial intelligence. It takes <laughs> some amount of intelligence. I have a dark future for you. 
a dark corporate future. It's like this one movie with uh, the wrestler. Um, I forget what it's called. Rodney Piper. Rodney Piper. It's the one what's, where it's what's like, the movie called? I just know it's Rodney. They're Piper. here, I think. <laughs> it's the one where it's like buy, sell. It's like all corporate, like and it's controlled by like he puts on the glasses, he can see the aliens or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I, <laughs> I hate to tell you, I think this is something that could happen. Like they, I said, they live. They live. They live. John, yeah. It's John Carpenter. Oh, he did. Wow. John Carpenter's. They I'm gonna have to watch that again. But um, uh. I could imagine, and I could definitely see this happening in the near future, where the government required, and this would definitely... Ro- Roddy Piper. I Roddy said Piper. Rodney. It's Roddy Piper. It's yeah. Roddy. Sorry. But there's something that would definitely go against the Constitution and everything, and I hope we don't get to this point, but put a computer chip in every baby that's born so you can track them with GPS so you know where everyone is, um, which is scary. But, yeah, it has its advantages. Everyone's on the internet. And you, you know, you could pair it with um, like bionic eyes or maybe even just contacts or glasses where you look at something. I look at that lamp. Mm-hmm. The AI will figure out what that lamp is, who made it, what the price is for it. And I can order it online on Amazon. Yo, yeah, you know, that, that type of thing. That I think that's an a, that's an AI thing we are going towards very quickly. No, yeah. And <laughs> the <laughs> I wouldn't want a computer chip put in my brain. Uh, so I could be tracked all the time. I'm glad that we were born before we got to that point. So, yeah. So we'll have the choice. <laughs> but, Hopefully but, we'll have the choice. I mean, yeah, of course <laughs> we'll have the benefits, but imagine if that does happen and where people start get, getting bionic implants, the bionic eyes, bionic arms, whatever. It's cyberpunk. You know, that type of thing. But I'm just scared of the potential that, let's say... Because we're already in the era, uh, the post-9-11 era. We're in that forever. I mean, so so, so take, far. So take um, where the way if they... You could, the, if you seem like you're a potential terrorist, you're a threat, you know. Yeah, there's that type of thing. And also, and also take take the uh, the idea of... Um, well, how, it could get to the how, point where it reads da- your thoughts. How data analysis is, is used to uh, on the internet to curate your experience well like algorithms and stuff but like algorithm but but i mean so i mean so data data it's already to the point where if you type in how to make a bomb you're put on like a blacklist but it's not just that (laughs) if you type in something on google the if you're if you're active on the internet at all the way data algorithm algorithms work you type something in google it will even filter your search results to what it thinks you want no exactly yeah and based on what and and the result before there's actually a very dangerous potential result to this is the idea that you know, you know, a lot of people will say like, oh, I'm willing to, I have political views that are different from you, but I'm, That's wi- what I'm, scared but, I'm of. but I'm willing to talk if you're willing to be, if you're willing to be, uh, you know, we're willing to have d- conversation and discussion. People will say that's the best, but when you have internet that, um, you will only see something that supports your political views, yeah, and that's already so, happening. And and what that's ha- happening on that's Facebook. Ha- that's happening right now. So it, 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 everyone who's interacting with this will be encouraged to think that their views are absolutely right. That's already happening. I it, mean, it's happening that's right now. One of the reasons we're so divided as a nation, as yeah, the United States, it's, like it's happening right now. And imagine, it's like okay, imagine you, if we had AIs and technology built into us that took that from the internet. On our computer screen, real world to everything around everything. Us. Yeah, 
and I think I'm scared that it's going to get to that point. To, to the point where, and, I mean, say, <laughs> say they had an electronic billboard, because billboard, they have those now. They have an electronic billboard, and you have bionic eyes. Yeah. It, it could, they get to the point where... It shows you what you want to see. It yeah. shows you an ad curated for you. It shows you the billboard that it thinks you want to see. Exactly. That That is... And that's, that's cool, a, but it just has so much potential for danger and ill use. Um, and the yeah, whole idea, that's like... That's the type of stuff that could lead to a if civil it, war. If it gets to the point where, yeah. like, if you think about any kind of resistance or protest against, like, a country or against the United States, gets to the point where they can just activate the kill switch. <laughs> yeah, know? it's a... Because if you have a computer chip built into you, I they could probably make it where it could just kill you. I think when it comes to technology, we are at a crucial time right now. And what's scary about you think, oh, that could never happen. They would never let that happen. The government, Congress, is so behind on technology at this moment. Yeah. <laughs> technology is increasing at such a rapid pace that the governments can't keep up with it and because the governments are supposed to act slow on new rule uh, new laws and new legislation and technology yeah. is going so fast where it's even beyond as slow as it used to be so <laughs> it could get to the point where no matter what the constitution says if a technology exists that there's no legislation for things could happen that we don't want to happen. I, I really think so. When we talk about the poten all this, the potential technology, and how it could be used for really cool things, and how it could also potentially become something that well, creates it could be a dystopian, good and, bad. I, and it could create a dystopian thing. I think right now, like, I think where we're going though, realistically, is that, and it's already happening, as we talked about, is that people corporate controlled well corporate control but also just the the algorithms predicting what you're gonna want to see yeah people are gonna become so isolated from other people's but, beliefs because we're gonna see what we want to see but the, we find more people like another, that another thing is though is, is that that idea of that uh data analysis and showing you what you want is becoming more well known it's shown up in court and in in, in congress and stuff no it's finally catching up i yeah. think we're at a very crucial point in history because you know the, this technology that we're developing is really cool and it could be it could go on to create a really cool future or dystopian one and i think we're at a very crucial point in history oh definitely depending on how we act in our lifetime right now will determine where it goes no, definitely. I think yeah. that's where we're at right now. Uh, I think in our lifetime, we won't see it get to dystopian. Probably. I, hope. I don't know. I mean, um, but uh, but definitely in the next generations, you Zoomers yeah. out there. Yeah. <laughs> or whatever the next one's called. Or at least by the time it gets to dystopian, like, I'll be so old my that, I can, that, I, that I don't care anymore. I'll just be allowed to be like the grumpy old man. Imagine what we're going to see in 20 years. Like when we're in our 40s. Yeah. I, I can't imagine because there is going to be technology that comes out that has n we have no idea about. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And because we're only making predictions, predictions based on what we've experienced, what technologies are exist. Honestly, what, what I think about how you, how we create laws to monitor this type of technology, it's not just wait till technology comes out and see how it does and create a law. And this is more difficult than it sounds. And it doesn't even sound easy. Um, we need great laws in like anticipation. Of we, well, not not necessarily just uh, not 
not like an anticipation necessarily, but create laws that can be versatile. Right. Yeah. In how they're applied to new technologies. Yeah. That allow us to adapt. Like, well, we, I don't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say. I wouldn't want to go so far as to just anticipate new technologies and create laws. That would be borderline unconstitutional. No, yeah, yeah, um, <laughs> but but create laws. See, it could that go bad allow, either way. Yeah, create but, laws that would allow us to adapt. But if and, you create laws too fast, and yeah, and, that's and, when it could get unconstitutional. Exactly, and and what I'm saying, I mean, what I said is, uh, that's easier, or that's harder, or that's easier said than done, and it doesn't even sound easy said. But we're so talking like, about like algorithms, like giving us ads and stuff that we want to see, or putting us along with people of the same views and ideas with the whole bionic eye idea or even just like glasses contacts all that kind of stuff i think our reality is gonna be completely different from what we see now that's why i study philosophy yeah <laughs> so well i, I mean you could be... argue that our realities are already different yeah it's, it's <laughs> but it's, so by the time i have bionic eyes and i'm i'm pretty much a cyborg and I'm questioning my reality and what I'm seeing, I'll be like, that's cool. I'm used to this. Yeah. I've been questioning it since before I had bionic shit. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's going to get to the point where no one's questioning it, where people just see what they want to see. And the truth, I mean, we're getting to the Matrix point there. You know, <laughs> yeah. where the whole brain in the jar idea. Oh god. Which could already be happening. We can't prove it. We should do an episode <laughs> where we just talk about some of the uh, really uh, we should do a philosophy episode, but not talking about <laughs> yeah. philosophical theories. Talking about some of the famous thought experience cuz that's where it gets fun. For yeah, yeah, at yeah. least for people who are super into philosophy. Talk yeah. about the brain in the jar thought experiment, <laughs> the trolley thought experiment. These thought experiments that are just really fun to think about. Yeah. Um, without getting too far into the, the theology and, or, and the philosophy. But let's talk about something less dark uh, and dystopian. Yeah. So where do you think video games are going to go? Oh, God. Uh, I have somewhere I want to go with this. All right. All right. But it's not related to video games. Well, it is related to video games, but it's not about video games. Okay. Video game technology is advancing movies. Movie oh, yeah, technology. definitely. We were talking about this before motion we capture. started recording a little bit. Uh, motion capture is, is a big one. But the one I want to talk about, so Unreal Engine 5 just came out. Did you see the tech demo for that? My God. <laughs> it looks <laughs> ridiculous. Um, yeah. So we're getting to the point now. So so Unreal Engine 5 came out. And we've been using Unreal Engine in movies to create scenery. For, yeah, without even knowing it. For years now. Um. And uh, the a more famous recent example is the Mandalorian, and the technology they developed for that of the big giant screen behind them that can adapt in real time to where the camera is. Yeah. To, to allow the uh, and it it it's cool because well, yeah it creates it, a better looking image than green screen and it allows the actors to actually visualize more better where they, they can, are. Yeah, exactly. It it's, makes it way better. It's just instead of being in a big green. It's Box. so much better than green screen, <laughs> but um, but the what what they were doing with that is it's not just a background they made, like a static background. They actually go into they use they used Unreal Engine for that, Unreal Engine four. Oh wow, four. Yeah, uh, because Unreal Engine five hadn't come out yet. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
And four and, is still a good one. And what they do is they go in, they've been going in, and creating, instead of creating just a, a CG background, they actually go in and create a world. With its own physics. With its own and, physics you know. and its own actual landscape that you could, if you were in the computer with a rendering of that world, you could go and explore it. Does the recent, um, so I know Mandalorian used that. Does recent Marvel show use that? Like I have Loki? no, I actually don't know. There's a um, recent Loki episode. I don't think you've seen it, the third, but it the third one definitely not... seems like it uses that. Possibly. <laughs> Possibly. It's the same, I mean, the same company. I don't want to spoil too much, but basically they go to a different planet. Okay. I have not seen it. Though. It's fun. Yeah. We get to, I've, by I've, the way, definitely expect a Loki episode I've, from us. Yeah. Um, I've not watched episode three yet. I've only watched oh, the first two. Oh, it's good. Yeah, we'll do we'll do Loki episode. I love that show. And probably while we're at it during the same episode, we'll talk about Winter Falcon and Winter Soldier a bit. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, but, um, but anyway, so so the Mandalorian they're they're doing this thing where where in the past they would create sets that were more like illusions, where you had a CG, either a real back set or a CG set. Or you like would background. have a set with some props, and then you would have a green screen yeah. wall. Yeah, and the green screen know. was like you create a background or maybe some very limited CG, like 3D models. They're yeah. they're using like video game engines, Unreal Engine 4, and now that Unreal Engine 5 is out, it's going to be getting even better. Yeah. To create actual worlds, actual landscapes that they can insert into the background into these big screens that they're using to create... I mean, it's a it sells the effect even better because it allows them to really, like, create realistic well, lighting that effects. That coupled the with that coupled with motion capture. Yeah. Oh, it's going to be indistinguishable. They can at create, a certain point. They like, can create, uh, you know, light. Uh, the way they can manipulate light in the background when they have a real actual world they're working. Well, I've with. talked about this. They I, can match the light. Of the I don't world. know if I talked about this on the show, but the whole f- uh, battle on Titan with Thanos. That's one of the greatest yeah. CG uh, scenes I've seen. Amazing, especially the motion capture of Thanos. Considering like, you see that, all his skin. Po- considering his pores, that that scene is hairs. pretty much animated. Yeah, like, <laughs> it's, it's, and it's so convincing. The lighting, the textures. But I think yeah, it's gonna get to the point where that doesn't look as good. I mean, I mean, they're <laughs> they're they're doing stuff like, I mean, it even makes it more realistic while they're filming because when you're using Unreal Engine. They're not just creating a set and just inserting it. They're live. They have their computers hooked up to that screen in the background. And like they the can change the background in real time. They can change in real time, which means what they can do is they can alter the lighting in real time to match the lighting on the set. Yeah. Which, when you're using green screen, you film it, and then you go in and create it and add it. And if, if, if the people doing the green screen... Don't get the lighting. Green just screen right. can look really good. It can look very good, but if you don't get, the, if they don't get the lighting just right, then bad. it's awful. It then looks, you can see the lines. Off. It's very obvious, and that's that's easier. It's easier to make that mistake than people think it is. People shit on bad green screen effects a lot, and rightly so. <laughs> but they also you also remember that green screen is hard. Special effects, yeah. CGI is very hard. Mistakes happen. There are sometimes, there's some really funny, uh, go onto YouTube and uh, watch uh, Corridor Crew. Corridor is a big YouTube channel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they have their second channel. They do special effects artists or VFX artists react and they watch VFX shots and, and talk about because all these guys, they, they do uh, special effects and CGI for a living. 
And, uh, I mean, there's stuff like in big blockbuster movies where you have a CGI character and then the last frame before it cuts, the character completely disappears. And when Which one? This happens all the time. <laughs> and you never notice it when you're watching it. Yeah. Because it's, it's one like frame. It's, yeah. it's one, one frame. frame. But, like, mistakes happen all the time. We don't notice 99% of them. Yeah, unless you go frame by frame. But I'm but like this Unreal Engine stuff and how video game technology is advancing and moving into movies, I think it's going to create a situation where it's actually easier to avoid the mistakes because it's going to create a thing where we can more easily in real time combine CGI with live action while we're filming. And that's what The Mandalorian did. The Mandalorian took the approach of we're not going to film on a green screen and then go add all the CGI. They said, we're going to do as much on camera as we possibly can. Yeah. Which so, makes an infinitely better product. Eventually, nothing will be done in post. Eventually, yeah. I, th- I think that's the coolest thing. Either, well, eventually, either nothing will do- be done in well, post. Well, the only things or, that will be done in post is like the editing. Yeah. You know. Eventually, no special effects will be done in post because we're, the technology has advanced so much we can do that in real time on set. Or everything will be done in post and we don't even need a set (laughs) either way that's pretty damn cool (laughs) like the way movies are advancing using video game technology is but then we have movies that kind of humble us again yeah like josh whedon's justice league with the whole (laughs) cgi cover-up mustache thing with henry cavill (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you want, want to know one of, one of the quick uh, uh, quick side tangent here? Why that looks so weird? Why? So animating a human mouth is very. That's really hard. There's a lot of moving parts. It's very hard, and the biggest mistake people make when animating a human mouth is watch someone talk. Sometimes people's upper lip doesn't move very much. No. So. Superman's upper lip moves a little bit too much. Yeah. That's why it looks weird. It's very subtle. But the thing is, humans, we are biologically... Well, it's uncanny valley. Yeah, we are biologically, you know... We can detect evolved humans. Evolved to recognize a face that we recognize... Faces are the, hard, the most difficult CGI thing to do. Yeah. Because humans have, like, things in our brain that are specifically evolved to recognize faces. Yeah. So you mess up one tiny thing, like the upper lip. So it, it'd be like if I'm talking like this, and I'm moving my upper lip right now a lot. It looks weird because, and you're looking there, it looks weird because you're like, that's not how it works. Yeah. You know, and that's that's why the Superman's face looks weird in that because they got his mouth wrong. Specifically, his upper lip looks it moves a little bit too much and we just we can't help it we're humans we're we evolved to notice that shit well and it's ob- it's also obvious that it's like covering something up yeah yeah there's some weird blurring going on i saw well. someone do a deep fake version that was also um corridor crew oh yeah yeah they did they did the deep fake there's this one guy uh control alt delete or what is it? i forget what he's called but he does a bunch of deep fakes yeah. And he did one where he deep faked Jim Carrey over Jack Nicholson in The Shining. Oh, wow. And it's perfect. It's impressive their, when people... Their facial structures are similar enough where it just 
works. Well, it's really impressive <laughs> when people can deep fake other people onto other people. And if they did a Shining reboot, I'd want Jim Carrey. Yeah. <laughs> well, because deep fake. I mean, let's talk about deep fake technology for a moment here. Because this yeah, is something okay, that's advancing so very quickly. Basically, and unless I'm wrong, <laughs> to sum up deep fakes, it's basically you get an AI to analyze dozens or a bunch of pictures of someone's face from different angles, different lightings. Not even oh. dozens, thousands. Thousands, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hundreds to thousands. Thousands of pictures of a single person's face. And then it compiles all those pictures. It does it on both people. Both the original footage and then the, the person it's replacing. And the person's yeah, replacing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ideally, you have the original actor to do it too as well, although that's difficult sometimes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, basically what you're doing is you're getting all these images of these faces of the same one or two people. And then the AI fills in the blanks, essentially. Yeah. And then it figures out through, you know, machine learning, all this stuff. That's really hard to understand for me. <laughs> How AI works. Yeah, it's hard to understand for people that make it. Like, I want to <laughs> claim for a second. People that to program AI can barely understand. I don't for it. a second understand. Because you're essentially about AI. programming something to program stuff for you. Yeah, it's ridiculous. AI is ridiculous. <laughs> but, um, and then basically you get, if it's done right with enough time and with enough uh, sources, enough images. You get an uncanny um, face. What, basically, what it what it does is it takes the new actor's face and implants it onto the old images. Yeah. Now, there are limitations to it. Uh, specifically, being, I mean, on top of uh, sometimes lighting is a little bit off. Lighting is definitely uh, important. That's one of the issues that they haven't worked out the kinks completely yet. Uh, sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. Yeah, um, but like, you can't just do that to anyone. Have it look right. No, they have to have they similar have, facial structures. Yeah. You know, similar faces. So the corridor crew, the YouTube channel I mentioned, color. they did a video uh, where they. So Mandalorian season two finale, Luke Skywalker shows up. Spoilers, if you haven't yeah. fucking watched that yet. And I think that looks fine. It looked fine. So what they did is they had an actor come in as a stand-in. They did a CGI. They had Mark Hamill do the voice. It looks fine for the, you know, minute that he's on screen. Yeah. So this, see, the the corridor crew, they they, they were like, because uh, they've actually worked on some of the cutting edge, like the best of the best technology of deepfakes. Yeah. Um, and um, so they decided to see like, let, let's deepfake. Isn't deepfake actually way cheaper than doing like a CGI face? Yeah, but it's also like very hit or miss. That's the problem. Oh, okay. It's not as reliable. It can look amazing. It can also not look. It can also look terrible. Like clearly. So fake. it's still safer to do like motion capture. So so they did a thing where they uh, uh, they deep faked one of their employees who they thought had a similar facial structure to Luke Skywalker onto Luke Skywalker, and of course you can still tell it's not him, but it looked pretty good. But um, but the it's it's one of the big things where you have you really have to um have an original, like someone who looks very similar. So they did another video a few years back as an example where they, they, they deep faked um, Will Smith. So they, they brought, oh, yeah. they brought in a Will Smith impersonator 
and deep faked Will Smith's face onto him. And for comparison, I th and it looked really, really good. It looked like Will Smith. And then, and then also, for comparison, they actually brought in Will Smith. I just drank hot rum. Oh, shit. That's <laughs> nasty. You got some cracking. Yeah. It's hot. It's hot in here. It is very um, hot in here. But, but also, for comparison, they actually, like, managed to get Will Smith to come in, and they deep faked, like, the Will Smith impersonator onto Will Smith. Yeah. And it just looked like Will Smith. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, uh, but, like, so deep fakes are really cool, but they're very hit or miss because if you don't have the right people, you know, to do the actual imaging. Um, so what about energy technology? I don't know. I just watched Iron Man 1, and I think we're going to have arc reactors. Arc reactors? I have no idea. That's apparently that's very impossible to do right now. I don't I don't know. I don't even know what an arc reactor is. Well, basically, <laughs> essentially it's something that's the power of a nuclear reactor, but the size of an apple. And without the nuclear waste? Yeah. Well, except for an Palladium Iron, Iron Man yeah. 2, but then he upgrades it. He creates vibranium? Or no? He, no, no. It's a new element. I thought it was vibranium that he just created. He didn't create vibranium. He created a, a new element. Well no, it's like how we discovered like element one one five. We scientific we created it like an atom. But it already exists. Somewhere in the universe. Uh here we go. Marvel Wiki. The wiki. Um It's a new element. But at the time I remember people saying it was vibranium. I don't think it is vibranium. I think that was just what people were um speculating. Saying. On the Marvel Wiki, it does not say it's vibranium. What is it then? It doesn't. It just says Tony Stark's new element. They never specify what mm. it is. Well, anyways, yeah, he creates a new element, and then it's like good. That that can replace <laughs> palladium. And then it's like self-sustaining. Anyways. It says on the Marvel Wiki, the element generates power similar to that of the Tesseract. Yeah. yeah. Which Howard Stark found and studied so i think that's implying because they implied it in iron man 2 howard stark initially, kind of created an artificial tesseract yeah so howard stark through studying the tesseract um he couldn't replicate discovered, it discovered discovered this element but wasn't able to create it right he left the clues for tony to and figure the out map yeah he left the, the he left the which was a is a weird plot device I will say. <laughs> yeah. it's a decent movie it's a weird plot device um so Tony created it using that. So I guess it's an element that Howard Stark discovered based on studying the Tesseract. Oh. That's what it seems like. Um, well, that's cool. DM us and yell at us if we're wrong, if you're a super ex <laughs> if you're a Marvel expert. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, energy technology. So apparently we're going to get energy storing bricks. Okay, explain that to me. So what this, uh, okay, so uh, researchers led by Washington University in St. Louis, Missouri, have developed a method that can turn a cheap and widely available building material into smart bricks that can store energy like a battery. Although the research is still in the proof of concept stage, the scientists claim that walls made of these bricks could store a substantial amount of energy and can be recharged hundreds of th thousands of times an hour. Researchers 
Researchers developed a method to convert red bricks into a type of energy storage device called a supercapacitor. That sounds like a sci-fi thing. So the, these these are regular br- red bricks. These are bricks, so you'd build a building out of them. Just regular bricks. And then the bricks could store energy. It could be like converted into energy um, batteries, essentially. So the bricks could theoretically store energy. And what would be the point of that? So, okay, okay. So, so so would that be like a type of thing This where is how they would do it. Okay. You put a conducting uh, coating known as pedot. Pedot? Pedo, I don't know if it's French. Onto brick samples. When then seed through to fire bricks, porous structure, converting them into energy storing electrodes. Iron oxide, which is the red pigment in bricks, helped with the process. But what what would be the application? So they put this coating on the bricks. Yeah, so what would be the application of this? Like you could build build a building out of these bricks. Basically they could store energy and you would use the bricks to store energy to power your house. So would this be building. A, this would be a thing where they you once a month charge up your house and then you your house would run off the bricks for a month? Or would it be a type of thing where you have energy coming like normal from the power plant, but then your bricks are it stored stores up. them. So when if there's a blackout then you have power because your bricks stored it. That'd be really cool. Either way, they did it. it either. Well, what, imagine what, if you couple that. Use it. That's pretty cool. Well, <laughs> imagine if you couple that with a solar panel roof. Oh, then yeah. your house would be su- completely sustainable. Yeah. Well, that absolutely. There's actually so solar panels. Uh, speaking of technology, and they advancing, still source. They still store solar energy even when it's cloudy. Yeah. Speaking of you know technology advancing, solar panels have gotten to the point where they're actually like a viable power source. Yeah. Um, to the point where just whether or not corporations want to use them. Yeah, to the point out. to the point where depending on if you're careful about your electricity use, you can actually have excess energy from your solar panels. Yeah. So these bricks would. Uh, I mean, and the, and the way solar panels are advancing, they're advancing still very quickly. Could yeah, you're right. That could make solar panels a viable energy source with combined with these bricks. So you have solar panels. And then on when you're not using energy from the solar panels, it stores it in the bricks. And then you could add the bricks. Sup- supplement when you're using too much energy. Exactly. Yeah. That would be that would be really, really cool. Another one that I come across that's kind of brick related. <laughs> um, but it's not an energy storing thing. But this is self-healing living concrete. You mentioned this, please, but you didn't. You didn't tell me much about it. So, okay. Apparently, <laughs> at the University of Boulder, scientists have developed what they call living concrete by using sand, gel, and bacteria. Researchers said this building material has structural load-bearing function. It is capable of self-healing and more environmental, more environmentally friendly than concrete. Self-healing. Apparently, concrete is the most is the second most consumed material on Earth after water. Self-healing concrete. So what that means is the concrete gets a crack in it, damaged chips, well the bacteria It'll will rebuild it. That's insane. So the team from the University of Colorado Boulder believe their work paves the way for uh, paves the way. <laughs> no pun intended. For future building structures that could heal their own cracks, suck up dangerous toxins from the air, and even glow on command. So you could have a structure that repairs itself, and it could also glow at night, which would be cool. 
glowing at night. I mean, how, so you wouldn't need if it depending on how bright it can glow. Yeah, you could you could have the concrete just be your light source depending on how bright it is. Yeah, and you have like this natural light source. That is one of the honestly. That's what it's. I mean, it's, I know it's just concrete. That's one of the wildest things we've talked about. Well, tonight. concrete, like <laughs> concrete itself, is historically one of the biggest advances in human technology. The thanks Rome, to the Romans. Yeah, the Romans yeah. invented concrete. Yeah, <laughs> and we've been using essentially the same formula for and, thousands of years. And it was a good invention. I mean, I mean, concrete uh, when it's taken care of lasts for forever. When it's taken care of. I mean, so you know, these old Romans, old Roman ruins and structures and stuff like that. Concrete does erode a lot faster than a stone structure. No, not necessarily. But here's... Well, like, it erodes faster technically. If it's taken care of, it doesn't. But the thing about concrete that makes it better, though, you can do more complex shapes. You can do... No, no, what I was going to say is, like, it doesn't actually erode that much faster. I mean, I, I guess a little bit than a rock, but, like, when you have rocks broken up into stones you can build stuff with, that erodes faster than concrete. So when you look at old Roman structures like the Colosseum and the Roman Forum, the reason why they're ruins like they are now is not because of erosion. Because over thousands of years of people scavenging materials from them. But if you take a structure like the Roman Pantheon, which is right. in, it's, in, it's in the middle of Rome. I've seen it in person. It's the only structure in Rome that actually took my breath away a little bit. Um, that was built in like... 180 it's still like the golden stuff that they once was on it is no longer there but the structure itself is still immaculate yeah and it's not just because they took care of it it's because nobody scavenged from it and shit right you know um so like yeah concrete when it's taken care of and not like treated like shit when it's but imagine if you had a self-healing concrete then you wouldn't even have to worry about that it would just do it itself yeah that's absolutely insane yeah like let's say there's a big weather like a hurricane you build this new building out of this living concrete there's a hurricane or some big disaster gets pretty damaged right yeah but then within the next week it's back to its original form that's insane without any cost without any construction yeah, that would be amazing. Um, here's another thing I found. Living robots. <laughs> so you may ask. Oh, a robot can't be living. It's a, it's a robot. It's a machine. Well, essentially, scientists from, uh, from the University of Pennsylvania develop these hybrid robots using stem cells. Oh, also, um, just thrown out there, yeah. I, me- I mentioned the Colosseum and the Roman Forum. Those weren't made out of concrete. The Colosseum? No, yeah. I had to look it up. Those were not It was concrete. the... The Pantheon was made of concrete. Pantheon, yeah. Um, they didn't... Romans invented concrete. They didn't make everything out of concrete. The Colosseum was made of limestone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is notorious for eroding. yeah. <laughs> It's like one of the most well-known things. The Great Pyramids of Giza will still be here after Colosseum's gone. Yeah. Well, because, yeah, the Great Pyramids of Giza were made of these massive stones, and they were so expertly built. Which, that's a whole other thing. (laughs) Can I say just something real quick? Yeah. 
So you talk, we talked about the Great Pyramids of Giza, and this is not a future thing, it's a past thing. We can't do stuff like that right now. Past things? <laughs> Essentially. Um, oh, you mean the, the great, 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 great pair of the Giza? Pyramids. Yeah. Yeah, so <laughs> I just want to, this is something that uh, it br- got caught, brought up in conversation a lot long ago, and it pissed me off as like a history major, and so I, I've done my limited study in anthropology. Um, people look at the Great Pyramids of Giza and these things that these ancient civilizations and people did, the architecture like the pyramids, the astrology like the Mayans and the Olmecs did and all, uh, all this sort of stuff, the science and the, the, the math that the, the Greeks and the, the, the ancient people in uh, the Arabic region did in the Middle East. Um, and people are amazed by these feats. Rightly so, they're impressive feats. But people are I, my the thing that bothers me. It's real quick is that their people are amazed by the wrong reasons. People are amazed because there's this seems to be this disconnect nowadays where people think like, oh, ancient peoples weren't as smart as us now. No, we were just as intelligent. Exactly. It's just the technology we no, had access to. Those were impressive feats, and they didn't have the technology and the thousands of years of knowledge that we have now. Yeah. But they were still humans. Same as us. They're just as capable of ingenuity and creativity. And but at the same time, figuring stuff out as you we know, are. the fact that they didn't have the technology is what makes it weird. It, I don't think it but makes it weird. It makes it impressive. <laughs> it makes it very impressive. I don't impressive. think it makes it weird at all. They were still humans. If we are capable of it now, they were capable of then just with a lot more work. A lot of slaves. And a lot of actually, they weren't slaves in the Great Pyramid, but that's a side thing. Oh, they weren't. No, no. There's evidence that they were not slaves. What were they? Paid workers. Paid. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. No, the ancient Egyptians had slaves. I don't want to. Let's, <laughs> let's not. Let's not paint them as not good guys who didn't have slaves. Or aliens. They had slaves. Guy with the but big hair from that there's, ancient aliens show. There's Insert ev- him. I love him. Uh, <laughs> Got to get him on the podcast. Yeah, oh my god. Um, I would be so happy to have it. Um, no, there's evidence that the, the, the workers who did made the pyramids were not slaves. Oh, really? Yeah. I've always heard that they were slaves. That's just a misconception that people assume. I mean, they probably because worked they like did, slaves, though. They probably did work like slaves, but they weren't slaves. They were paid, and they had houses and families, and, and there's evidence, there's archaeological evidence of uh, buildings where they lived. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, we don't, Of course, we don't know for sure that was... But the Egyptians definitely had slaves. Years ago. They had slaves. Yeah, they had <laughs> slaves. Um, there's just not... Uh, it's, there's, there's evidence that those workers so, were not slaves. But back to the living robots. Yeah. So hybrid robots made from using stem cells from frog embryos. Okay. Slow down. I know it what? sounds Jurassic Park, the frog thing. <laughs> I wasn't thinking that, but now I am. Because, because those dinosaurs are technically it. not real dinosaurs. They're frog dinosaur hybrids yeah because they're fucking did you see the jurassic world dominion teaser where it's like at the drive-in i didn't it's like at a drive-in and like a t-rex shows up they're really going hard on like the world's been taken over dinosaurs which i dig and like we're living amongst dinosaurs (laughs) yeah i kind of dig that apparently jurassic world dominion dominion is going to be like the end game of the jurassic park franchise they're bringing um all they're bringing um Jeff Goldblum, they're bringing, uh, what's his name? Uh, Hugh, no, 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 no. 
The guy from the first Jurassic Park? Yeah. And oh. the third one, which isn't that good. Uh, I don't remember the guy's name. Uh, the, 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 the. He's like Discount Indiana Jones. <laughs> Sam Neill? Sam Neill. He Bring played, him back. And he, they're bringing Admiral played, Holdo back. He played Odin in the play in Thor Ragnarok. Have you ever noticed that's that? very a very specific you, role? Did you ever notice that? I Matt Damon was Loki. <laughs> I noticed that the first time I saw it. It's Matt Damon. I was like, that's Matt Damon and the guy from Jurassic Park. <laughs> that's good. Yeah. Anyways, back to the living robots. So, yeah, hybrid robots made using stem cells from frog embryos that could one day be used to swim around human bodies to specific areas requiring medicine or to require microplastic in oceans. I was very confused. These are novel living machines, as Joshua Bongard, a computer scientist and robotics expert at the University of Vermont, who co-developed the millimeter-wide bots known as Xenobots. They are neither. Don't call them Xenobots. That makes it sound like Xenomorph. Yeah, that's (laughs) a terrible name. It makes me scared of them. They are neither a traditional robot nor (laughs) a known species of animal. It's a new class of artifact, a living programmable organism. That does sound like alien. The xenomorphs, because they're yeah. like the perfect organism, but it's like biomechanical. Yeah, don't, <laughs> they're going in a way that I don't like. Continue though. Tell 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 me what this is. The purpose of this is. Well, the purpose is that so you put these bots into your your bloodstream, and you become a xenomorph. Yeah, <laughs> it's cool, right? No, but they cooperate with your right blood cells, and they basically give you medicine and stuff. And you could also okay. put them in the ocean where they eat plastic. Well, I like the ocean they eat plastic thing. Yeah, a bunch of xenomorphs eating plastic. That I'd be sounds, down for that. That sounds cool. <laughs> saving, the, saving the planet with xenomorphs. As long as they're just eating plastic. Okay, I have a question for you. If you could rather... Would you rather be a person on a spaceship stuck with xenomorphs or a person who's been infected by the engineers who's going to transform into a xenomorph. Do you do you want to become a xenomorph? And that sounds but you're dead, right? That, because the xenomorph just pops out of you, and then you're dead. No, no, no. I or mean, no, you mean you're. I mean, like you've been engineered. infected by the black goo by the engineers, and you're gonna physically turn into a xenomorph. Do you keep your sentience? No. Basically, so basically I, you die. Basically, either way, you probably die. But basically, would you rather die through transforming into a xenomorph or just being killed by one? I'd rather transform into one. Because then you could go and kill all the other people as out of spite? Yeah. I get that. I think I would agree with you. Well, <laughs> I think because at least you would die in an arguably less horrible way. Or maybe it is a more horrible. I don't know. I don't know. Physically <laughs> transforming... And losing your slowly losing your sentience sounds pretty awful. But being on stuck on a ship with like a dozen of those things, I don't know. You're just bringing me alien isolation but, flashbacks. But the, the death would probably be pretty quick, though. Truly, yeah. They they either do like the tail and the back thing, or the face through the or the mouth yeah. through the face it thing. It would be awful for the ten seconds that it ta- that it happens, but you'd die pretty quickly, though. Yeah. And then it'd be over. So like. <laughs> I mean, I mean, if you knew, if you were on an alien spaceship, 
or a spaceship with aliens, and you knew for a fact, like you knew the future, you cannot escape. Escape. <laughs> Would you just go sacrifice yourself to the xenomorphs and be like, just get it fucking over with? Instead of me living in fear for the next 30 minutes until you finally find Or would me. I be like, um, uh, <laughs> I forgot her name. Ripley? The actress's name, I forget. Sigourney Weaver? Sigourney Weaver. Would I be like Sigourney Weaver and, like, somehow survive and, like, no, take no. it out into space? No, and then no, I'm saying <laughs> you knew, you know for a fact, you know the future. You will die. You will never escape this. Either you die through Xenomorphs. I think I'd rather turn into one because at least I'd be useful in some sort of way. Okay. Okay. But, I mean, uh, uh, going off of that, though, if you were a survivor, if you're on one of these ships and there's a bunch of Xenomorphs, like 12 Xenomorphs, and say there's other survivors, too. Would you try to survive as long as you could? And this is, you know you will not survive this. Would you try to survive as long as you could? Or would you just go out with a bang? I would go out with a bang. I would like, go in with a flamethrower like, or like, something and just like... I, I would, I, my, my thought would be like, okay, maybe I can buy some time for you guys. Or I would just kill myself so I'm not killed by a xenomorph. Can oh. I do that? I suppose you could. There's nothing in the rules that I stated <laughs> that says you can't. So yeah. You, Here's what I would yeah, do. Yeah, you could do that. I would take a few out with me if I could. Go out suicide bomber style, just jump into a group of xenomorphs if possible. Just blow a few of them up. Okay. At least I take some out with me. <laughs> so yeah, I would do that. Here's another one, which is really cool. Tactile. On this list that you found? Yeah. Yeah, on this list I found. Yeah. Tactile virtual reality. Tactile virtual reality. Researchers um, from Northwestern University have developed a prototype device which aims to put touch within VR. Whoa. Using a flexible material fitted with tidy, tiny vibrating uh, components that can be attached to the skin. The system known as epidermal VR could be useful in other cases as well, from a child touching a display relaying the gesture to a family member located elsewhere, to helping people with amputations renew their sense of touch. In gaming, it could alert players when a strike occurs. So basically... I think this is the next step for VR. So it would be a v material that allows you to feel things. So you wear this material, and then let's say you play a game. So in the context of, say, VR. You have let's say in the context of a VR game. You had a glove that was made of this material. When you reach out to pretend, Yeah, I think for the consumer market, it would be gloves, yeah, maybe some boots. You, you reach out in VR to grab a beer can. Or you grab and a then, gun or like whatever. Or a gun or something, and then the, the material would react to make it feel... Like you're actually holding an object. Because of the vibration. That is wild. That would be so cool. That's something I could see happening in our lifetime, honestly. That would be... that If they came up with that technology, I would probably... I would maybe go in for a VR headset. No, definitely. I don't have one. If you I've put... Heard very imagine, cool. you get the headset, you put on the gloves, and then you go in to play... And this would be terrifying, but like the newest Resident Evil has VR oh, option. God. But you play that, but then, like, when you're in the game... Why would someone do that to themselves? <laughs> you're, like, crawling around on the ground. You find a gun. You grab it. You feel the gun. When you look, like, everything yeah, is hands-on. Uh. There's no controller. You're doing everything. And if they can make it where it's... There's no lag, where it's instant, I would totally be down for that. That would be really cool, actually, yeah. 
But I think it's gonna go further. In I mean, I mean, also like what what one thing you mentioned is like infants like feeling uh, family members they're feeling over uh, like your FaceTime video call like that would be cool too like video call and like uh, a child could reach out and like hold a hand like kind of touch their their parents hand. Yeah, that that that's cool. That's really cool too. But I think it's gonna go further than that. I don't think you're gonna have to wear a thing. What do you mean in our skin? No, not in your skin. I think basically this goes along with the computer chip and brain thing. It's going to interact with our neurosystem. It tricks your brain into thinking you're feeling these things. Uh, that would be cool, but also would freak me out a little bit. It would freak me. Yeah. The potential of that would freak me out. I think, it, yeah, you can do that. You know, if you've got a human brain, basically, if you cut someone's head open and you had their brain out, you could hit the right points where you simulate sensations. Yeah, it's like the brain in the jar experiment. Exactly. So it That's could get to the point where yeah. you don't need anything. Yeah. It's all built into you. You you can just like download a game into your consciousness and you're playing the game and like it simulates all the sensations. Ah, I don't know if you... Uh, Is like that cool? I think it's cool. It's pretty cool. But is but it also really scary and potentially... Would I want that? No. I would not could, want that. <laughs> that's essentially the Matrix? Yeah. I, I would opt out of that. But if Keanu Reeves is there, and he's the one... If he, if Keanu Reeves is with me, I would do that. Oh, speaking of that, apparently the, this is just... We don't know if it's confirmed, but the Matrix 4... Keanu Reeves is going to play Keanu Reeves himself. Because in this, the Matrix tricked everybody in the past three movies into thinking they won. But in reality, the Matrix is the movies. But the Matrix is real and just tricked uh, everyone into thinking they were movies. So, so we're in the Matrix. So the the new Matrix movies would play the role, play the go with the idea of saying that like we've been in the Matrix the whole time and the Matrix movies were fabricated by... And it was just a way of tricking us into thinking we weren't in the Matrix. Oh, that'd be so cool! And then Keanu Reeves figures it out. And then he is the chosen one still. Is there there (laughs) any last really cool things you are itching to talk about? Oh, is it time to end this? Uh, Almost. We we have a quiz here that we're going to do, but uh, I'm just asking you, is there anything before we move on to the quiz you really want to talk about? Um, this isn't something on this list, but it's something I heard in another podcast called Distractable. Okay. It's a big one. It's with Markiplier and his friends. Okay. I've heard of it. And they talked about like fake technology and this kind of inspired me for talking about like the future technology and all this stuff. But one of them, Wade, he talked about. And I think this is something that could happen. I don't think it'd be practical. I think it's something that the military would use. But basically, a technology that uses sound waves that... Per- okay, you shoot the sound cannon or something, which uh-huh. there is sound cannons that apparently, yeah. if you use it within 50 meters within somebody, it you will permanently use, lose your hearing. Oh, use it with 100 meters, Jesus. you get a headache. If you use it any closer than that, you're just dead. Yeah. <laughs> um, but... This idea is basically you have the sound wave that exactly matches the opposing sound wave. 
Okay. So you could aim at somebody and you could mute them in real time. So someone's really annoying you, you hit them with the sound wave, you mute them. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so like, could this theoretically be technology? And I where... could see that be using in like stealth purposes and military, like where you could mute all your movements and sounds. Or and... could this be technology where when someone annoying is talking to you, you could just mute them? It could be that too. And you could trick it where like they think <laughs> they are still talking. And they can hear themselves. Yeah. But you can't hear them. I can I can think of situations where I would like that. <laughs> like this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> no, you can just no, turn me down. not quite. Yeah, I could just turn you down. I could just turn off my headphones. You don't need future technology for that. See? <laughs> there we go. Now it's really loud for me. <laughs> what? Oh, right. I did turn you up a little bit. He did turn me up. Ah. <laughs> uh, but what's something you okay, something that you think could feasible or anything? What's something that you would like to see in the future? Well, I would like to see in the future. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Uh, I mean, honestly, the stuff I was talking about earlier about like AI being able to like in your eye being able to like on a heads-up display, whether it's in your eye or in your car screen, be able to stuff like display the name of a street in real time right yeah on the actual street so i never yeah. have, i never have to look for the try to read the fucking signs again because my vision's been getting worse and worse over the well let's years. say like you're on a highway in a big stretch in the middle of nowhere and there's not a sign for a while yeah maybe there's not a sign being able to be like where am i and i just it just shows me on the road or on the on the screen on my windshield you just have a constant ever adapting hud yeah a constant ever adapting hud um whether it's in a pair of glasses or on my in my on the windshield of my car that would be really convenient for my everyday life the windshield on the car thing that's coming that's already happening um i think glasses and is the next step to where it's not like Google Glass where it's like a gimmick, but where it's like actual glasses that works. And then the next step, contacts, and then after that, bionic eyes. Yeah. I'm not sure I would personally go as far as bionic eyes if I were still alive when that happens. Unless I was like 90 years old. Then like what the No, fuck? I think for then, me... Then YOLO, whatever. <laughs> well, we haven't even <laughs> scratched the surface on like the key to immortality. And I think oh, yeah. I think medical advances is going to get to the point where people can live well past yeah, we 100. Yeah, we don't really talk about medical stuff very much. People but. can live well past 100, you know, with medical advances. There but you. I think it's going to get yeah. to the point where you don't need your own body to live so long. I mean, this is something we can already do. It's just the ethical problem of cloning people. Cloning people, yeah. If you could clone someone yourself... And somehow transfer your consciousness into that body, then you could essentially live forever. Here's a question for you. If you were about to die, and a scientist came to you and said, I could take your brain out and put it in a jar, yeah, and put electrical signals through it, so you forever think like you're living a normal life. Your body will die. You know you're going to be a brain in a jar, but you could go and experience a life for as long as you like. Would you do that? Would you take him up on that offer? 
I wouldn't want to be a brand in a jar, even if I but get to simulate that. But you're going to die anyway. He's, he's saying he's coming to you on your deathbed. But if I could be like a brain and a robot, I mean, that'd be kind of cool. That'd be kind of cool. <laughs> but, but, yeah, so like, so you're saying you you wouldn't take that. I think I would still want to be an actual corporal body, not just conscious. You will experience <laughs> a corporal body. What? That's the idea. He'd put you in a. You put your brain in a no, jar. No, but I would still know. Signals. Be like the, I would like still know that I'm an unconscious, that I'm a consciousness, not a, that not a real physical being. Yeah, yeah. You you would have that deep. In, so just knowing would, that you'd have that knowledge. That would but still you'd be able to experience. Give me existential dread, you know. Yeah. And I still would rather be a physical being. So if they said, "Oh, we can put your brain into your clone," yeah, then that would work. If if they gave me a way out, at some point, if they said like you could have your brain in a jar and experience this for as long as you like, but you can give it, you can have a way out, like you can end it when you feel like, I would take it. I think. But who's to argue we're not already brains in a jar? And everyone listening to this podcast, we will maybe do that on an episode. No guarantees. <laughs> That'd be a cool idea. But yeah, uh, before we end this, we have a quiz. We've got yeah, <laughs> we've got a rather um, uplifting quiz. When our, will you die? Our favorite BuzzFeed. Yeah, our favorite quiz site, BuzzFeed. They make the stupidest quiz, but we quizzes, but we kind of like it. <laughs> so this is kind of a dread look at the future, but it's from 2015. Um, so it's rather dated. When will you die? So, uh, and we'll put a link to this. Uh, so number one, how often do you exercise? Honestly, I want to exercise more. I used to exercise more right now. I've not been exercising at all recently. Uh, on average though, once, twice or once every month or two. I exercise about once a week. I do something. Well, I mean, do you count just being active or actually going and exercising? No, like, I, I find time to at least, like, go hiking or do some push-up, you know, do some minor stuff. Okay, then maybe I do it, like, once a week. Yeah. Um, where did you grow up? In a house? In an apartment? In a secret underground laboratory? We can't prove that. We weren't growing up there. <laughs> in a tree fort amongst several hundred other tree forts? In a tree city? <laughs> Underneath a series of power lines and across the street from a white castle. I'm going to go with the White Castle. Indiana. <laughs> I like this one. I like this one. I'm going to go with the White Castle one. It's not, um, it's not true, <laughs> but I like it. I just watched Harold and Kumar Well, the other if day. you grew up in Indiana and you're listening to this podcast, you know what you have to pick. Indiana. I grew up in a house. <laughs> yeah, that's actually where I grew up. I'm going with the White Castle, though. That sounds fun. <laughs> across the street from a White Castle. <laughs> Um, what's Not your, just across the street, but underneath the series underneath of power lines. Underneath the power lines across the street from White Castle. What's your favorite food? Uh, French toast. Ooh, I do like French toast. Uh, French fries. Why is it all French? French bread pizza. French onion soup. Kale. Ew. Chocolate pudding frozen in an ice cube tray and eaten like little square fudge sickles. French fries. This is a very specific quiz. French fries is... I like potatoes. Dude, I do like French toast, though. French toast is delicious. Yeah. But the French fries is, like, universal. Yeah. That's a constant in the universe. French it, fries. It is a constant in the universe. <laughs> but it's not asking about constant universe. It's, like, what's your favorite? Like, Well, I feel like I still have to pick that. All right. What, what time do you usually wake up? 
anywhere between 5.30 and noon. <laughs> yeah. Because I have a job. I work three days a week where I wake up at 5.30 and then the rest of the day I sleep until noon. I usually, for my job, yeah. I wake up at like 6.30. Um, but this one, once at 3 a.m. to pee and then again at 8 a.m. to make French toast. I'm going to say. What is this author's thing with French toast? I don't know. They really, must really like French toast. I'm going to say mid to late morning because that's, that's just an average of my entire life of mid to late morning. If if I didn't have a job, that's when I would. Six a.m. soft. That means maybe. Yeah. Um, how stressed are you at this moment? All the time. I'm I'm very stressed at all times. My family calls me Captain Stresso of the Royal Stress Marines. I'm gonna click that one because that's fun. I mean, th- there's not nothing here that really matches because I mean, there's a lot of like describing how stressed you are. And then, like, I sort of just go with the flow, and usually that flow leads me down. But is there an option? There should be an option that says I go with the flow, but I'm also very stressed at all times. So that's kind of where I'm at. I'm very stressed at all times, but I'm very good at kind of just accepting where I am. No, I'm honestly, I try to be pretty chill. Um, yeah. How, how I, many? I don't know. How many times a day do you breathe? <laughs> 19,000 to 21,000 times, 20,000 times. What is this? Four times a day, like a very, very deep breaths. No, I didn't count today, so. 4,129 times a day, exactly per Surgeon General recommendations. I'm going to put right around 20,000 times on a good day because it specifies on a good day. (laughs) Like, that's not all days. It's a good day. Okay. So here's my thing. This is really sad. I hope this doesn't happen. This is a lame answer. In 2043, on one of the less important bank holidays, maybe it's Labor Day or maybe it's Washington's birthday, what's important is that it's not Thanksgiving because it's always so nice to see the family together. So according to this, I die in 22 years when I'm 45, which (laughs) that's Okay, so it does give specific I I don't want to die then. It does give specific dates to some people. It just says we don't know the precise date, but we know it won't be on a Thursday. That's what yours says? That's what mine says. It says, I bet that's a relief, huh? You can't ever be struck down on a Thursday. So that's neat. (laughs) (laughs) I like this quiz because it doesn't take itself seriously. This is a pretty good one. A lot of French toast related answers. A lot of just... I like this quiz. Uh, It's pretty good. (laughs) BuzzFeed, you finally got us to like a quiz. Yeah, we normally don't like your quizzes. We got so upset with the BuzzFeed quiz one time. Thank you, John. That we went to National Geographic Kids for a quiz instead. Yeah. Thank you, John Bocard. Is that a Star Trek pun? It is. Or is that your name? It is a Star Trek pun. (laughs) Or if it's his actual name, congratulations on that very cool name. (laughs) Um... (laughs) Yeah, congratulations. It's coincidentally, Nerd. very much like Star Trek. Man. <laughs> Nerd. But yeah, that was it. <laughs> yeah. We talked about future. And some other stuff that were not the future because we got very decided. Well, you have to talk about the past in order to talk about the future. That's also. a good point. Yeah. Uh, so. And it's very hot in this room. It's very hot. Not as not quite as hot as last week, but still. But pretty, it's still getting into us. It's still pretty it's hot. Slowly, like driving us insane. Yeah. So we're gonna end this episode so we can go be not hot. There you go.
Yeah. So let's roll the outro. What do you think? Roll that outro. This is not a test. I repeat, this is not a test. The Odd Drunk Podcast recommends that you follow their Instagram and join their Facebook group for more fun content. To view all of our current available streaming and social media platforms, visit our link tree in the description below. If you enjoy the show, it would be appreciated if you leave us a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts. Okay, Colton, you can roll the outro now.